0: So we are the Hallmarkies Podcast, and we would like to wish you all a very happy Valentine's Day. And We are here for this special episode of our podcast, and Amber is here with me. Hi, everybody. And I'm Rachel, and uh, we have a very special guest today. We're so excited. We have the screenwriter, Greg McBride, with us, t- Twitter extraordinaire, um, one of our, our fellow uh, Hallmark fans, uh, the author of uh, a Heavenly Christmas. And uh, so say hi, Greg.
1: Hello, Greg.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. We're, we're so excited to have you with us.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, uh, I just don't write for Hallmark. I'm also a big fan. I always have been. I used to be big on the Hallmark cards when I was little. I still send snail mail. My friends make fun of me. And I remember from... <laughs> From a very early age, I think my mom taught me this. I would always turn over the cards to see if Hallmark was there. So it's the mm-hmm. same thing now with romantic comedies. Hallmark or not Hallmark? Or Hallmarkies? <laughs> that is the question.
0: Okay. got to stay in family,
1: right? That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> That's really, really cool. So how did you become interested in, were you always wanted to be a writer? Or was that something that came on later? Or?
1: Now, I was always interested in, a, in being a writer um, and a director. I haven't done that professionally yet. But from a very early age, I was doing student films. And I would usually, like, rip off whatever was out there. Like, my one of my very first movies was called The Third Encounter. Not oh. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Do not sue me, <laughs> Steven Spielberg. It was The Third Encounter, okay? So I would see a good idea, and I would run with it. And then, like, when I was in high school, I did a movie um, – I did the uh, Charlie's Angels in high school, like a prequel almost as it were. Mm. And so, you know, I've always been very into pop culture and uh, have always been an observer. And um, my friends used to call me the R-rated Walt Disney because my movies would have a lot of scares and terror and stuff like that. But there would always be a really happy ending at the end. (laughs) Like somehow everything would always work out. The romance would work out. And uh, so, you know, The rest is history, Um, and I've always been a big fan of Christmas and the holidays, you know, I'm I was one of those people that made the pumpkin latte start to be very, uh, you know, very popular. I was always an early adapter for holidays and um, Valentine's Day, Easter, St. Patrick's Day. um, You know, I'm waiting for those President's Day cards to start happening, and we'll have our Hallmark East President's Day podcast next year. But, uh, you know, so I I love all that stuff. And I think the really great thing about it is, you know, in getting to write is, you know, you get to share your hopes and dreams with people. And I think that's been one of the really exciting things about doing a Hallmark movie. Um, You know, Heavenly Christmas was just such a wonderful experience. And I was very lucky and even blessed that it was a hallmark hall of fame production and so we got an amazing cast um but as somebody that has lived and worked in hollywood for a very long time i can tell you that whether it's an a-list project or a c-list project or a tv movie or a you know whatever it is a major motion picture I find that the the most successful ones are ones that kind of have that community theater feel where everybody's kind of rolling up their sleeves mm-hmm. and bringing their best to it. Because it is a business, there's always a deadline, there's always tight budgets, you know, there's, you know, especially with Hallmark, it's like September and hot in Vancouver, we have to make it look like it's Christmas week in <laughs> uh, Chicago. Um, and they did an amazing job of that. But, uh so I, I just love the magic of it. But I also, you know, and when everybody comes together and at the end of the day, you know, we're all kind of getting excited and, and the fans are equally a part of it. Like, I love that people embrace Hallmark movies like they do, not just Heavenly Christmas, all of them. <laughs> it's just, there's such a groundswell of support and it's really amazing. And to have, to meet people that tell you that, you know, you something you worked on because again it's a group effort but that something you worked on um, has given them a little bit of hope or is something that they want to own because they want to watch it every year uh, no matter what it is 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 really special and I'll share one little last tidbit with you um, that makes Heavenly Christmas so special to me is for anyone that's seen it um, they know that they know that a singer Eric McCormick's character has a hard time getting over his recently deceased sister Becky mm-hmm. and Becky is based on and named after my mother-in-law who we recently lost to bone cancer mm. and before she was sick for a while but before she passed away she was able to see the movie and see mm-hmm. that I named a character after her and you know it's so again it oh. just you know these 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 are the gifts that keep on giving, right? And you, you, when we turn on the Hallmark Channel, we know that we're gonna feel good at the end of it. You know, we're gonna take a little ride, and it's gonna be funny, and it's gonna be this, and all these things. But if we can make the world a happier place, um, that's that's such a gift, you know, to be able to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The Hallmark is just so special. And thank you for sharing that story about Becky. Um, That's, I'm gonna cry more now when I watch it. I know. Um, but um, yeah, oh, Heavenly Christmas was such a sweet movie. Um, so I'm just thanks for writing it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank how you. did you get, uh, aside from, from that one point of inspiration, like how did you uh, start writing it?
1: And uh, what was that experience like writing it? It was great. You know, I always had the idea of what would, what would a Christmas angel be like if she never celebrated Christmas? You know, Mm -hmm. somehow she just got into the program. And so that was the germ of the idea. And uh, I had a general meeting at Hallmark and I'd been in there before and uh, I shared the idea and they were very responsive to it and wanted to know more. And, uh, you know, of course, immediately they were like, does she get back to earth? Does she fall in love? (laughs) And I hadn't, I hadn't thought it all through. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Um, but then they wanted to see something in writing and so it went from there and I have to say that everybody at Hallmark was such a pleasure to work with I mean they know their brand so well and so listening to them and their notes um, you know Randy Pope Michelle Bill Abbott they, they really know their brand but at the same time they really listen as well and they know that they're making movies that are so special to people and so again that's where that group effort comes in and I remember uh, when they found out that Kristen Davis and Eric McCormick were had signed on officially for the movie, you know, they called me so excited and it was, you know, and I immediately was like, I gotta hang up, I gotta call my friends so excited, you know. <laughs> but to have a vice president call me and be so thrilled, you know, they're casting these movies, you know, all all day and all year long. And but they they really have that passion for that. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's become such an endearing brand. And so working on the project was really wonderful. You know, we went through a couple drafts of the script and made it really fit the niche of Hallmark. Um, And, uh, you know, to then see it come to life, I remember I didn't see it till it premiered, but, Mm -hmm. you know, so when I first saw the first little trailer for it, you know, I was like, oh. And, you know, it goes back to that 13-year-old boy that was ripping off Steven Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I still get goosebumps, you know? It's just so exciting to be part of something. And, mm-hmm. and as a writer, I used to be in advertising before I sold my first script, which was a really good thing because you learn early on in advertising that nothing's created in a vacuum. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to get notes. Other people are going to bring their things to it. I might have envisioned this character like this, but someone like Shirley MacLaine name dropping. <laughs> um, she might, you know, she might do something different, you know, and so you're really all, again, back to that community theater thing, you're all coming together. And I'll, I'll share one other little thing that just amazes me. I remember Shirley McLean was giving one of the interviews for the film, and she was talking about reading the script, and she's just like, oh, I knew Pearl was written for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, here's this Academy Award winning actress, and she is all in on this project like that's just amazing you know yeah. where I think maybe some performers might be like well you know I've done these major feature features so maybe I'll you know won't put so much into this but you know and just that she was even gracious and mentioning other people you know involved with the production and um and and I love that I love you know and guess what that's why she's still working it's, it's why when she's on screen she still you know commands it but again so her version of Pearl was maybe a little bit different than what my version was, and she was not who I visualized as Pearl when I was writing it. I, I, I'm I a writer that does cast my movies just because I feel like, you know, sort of seeing the actors um, do their, their stuff is interesting. You know, and then even to be here now, like, that's the other thing. like I, It was almost like a little tidal wave, you know, it's my first project for Hallmark, and I immediately got a, a Twitter message from Ruth Hill, who, you know, <laughs> does her great vlog, And, you know, nobody's ever interested in the writer. So I'm like, Oh, my gosh, who's this? Is somebody like being mean to me and pretending they want to interview me? And, um, but then, you know, fans reach out and here I am with you guys. And, you know, and I today I was like, Oh, my gosh, I get to do the Hallmark podcast tonight, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's it's great it's it's and i and i truly believe that you know the happier i am as a writer or the more that i love what i'm doing i would like to think that's going to be reflected on the screen whether it's a romance or i'm working on a horror movie right now even in that you know that that there's touchstones that the audience can 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 watch and connect with mm-hmm. i just think that makes it a better experience and of course that's why we tune into hallmark as often as we do
0: Yeah. That's so great. I, I have a special love for writers. I would like to interview every writer at Hallmark um, because my sister uh, is, a, is a writer. She's gotten two uh, um, picture books published. Wow.
1: So that wow. was very- That's exciting. a tough market. That's a tough, yeah. tough market.
0: Yeah. So it was, it's really, really, really exciting. And she still has the dream of a, of a novel um, someday, So she's working on that, but I've just seen what she's gone through and even, you know, you might think a picture book, but like it's a lot of struggles and a lot of rewrites, a lot
1: of, all that stuff. And- a lot of no's and a lot of people will tell you you can't do it and a lot of times people will give you a note maybe that you don't agree with and so then it's your job as the writer to be like, okay, how can I answer their note? but not take away what I feel is important that's mm-hmm. happening here, you know? So it's sort of like backwards algebra and I'm so bad at math, by the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, you I often sometimes will picture myself as a little video game character like Mario and Donkey Kong. And, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I get thrown back down to the bottom, but what do you do? You got to get up and start climbing those ladders again and jumping over the flaming barrel. That's mm-hmm. what life in Hollywood is like, Donkey Kong Jr., so you know.
0: part of the podcast for this special valentine's day podcast we're going to be talking about not only homework films but feature films that are romantic our favorite romantic uh, films something you could watch on valentine's day or any day Uh, and so we're really excited we have some different categories and we kind of give our picks and try to explain why we like it first category that we have is hallmark related. we we want to give your pick for a non Christmas Hallmark movie a favorite.
1: My favorite non Christmas Hallmark romantic movie is a Heavenly Christmas.
0: Oh no, just kidding. Just
1: kidding. Greg's camera goes out. Oh sorry we lost Greg everything. <laughs> it was great while it lasted. No, I I am prepared. And you know what? That's a hard one because there are as many great Uh, non-Christmas movies that are romantic as there are Christmas ones. So I really had to do some thinking. And I went all the way back to 19, or excuse me, to 2008. Mm -hmm. And I chose a movie called Bridal Fever starring Delta Burke. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but um, it has all the stuff that we love in a romantic comedy. You know, somebody that is a little bitter about love, that thinks she knows everything about love. And it's a writer. So, of course, I can relate to that. I'm like a writer. That's my favorite movie. Um, and she is working with her, her publisher and a couple other people that she is going to help them figure out their love life. And I think what I like about it, aside from the sassiness of Delta Burke, it's such a great role for her, and Hallmark really just uh, found a great showcase for her. Is it has all the stuff in a romantic comedy that we like. You know, basically people start out, you know, thinking thinking they know everything. They they find out they don't know everything, and then decide they're never going to find love, and then they set out to find love, but kind of take this weird direction toward it, like they're following one of Cupid's arrows that's going in the wrong direction, (laughs) and then kind of come out the other end, and they do find love in a very unlikely way. And, you know, this is great because even Delta Burke's character, who's written all these romance novels in in, in the movie, and, you know, thinks she knows everything about love. Of course, she has a few things to learn herself, and it's just one of those movies, I think, where you feel really good in the end. And it's it's kind of a very traditional romantic comedy, but plays it a little bit more on the edge because she is a romance novelist. So it has sort of fun. And then there's some great speed dating jokes in it too, which (laughs) this was one of the first movies to really kind of tackle that and have fun with it. And um, I love that that's in there too, because you know, you gotta keep a good sense of humor when you're dating ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, as we all know. We, we know. We, yeah, we know, we know. That's another podcast, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, We're celebrating romance in this yeah. one.
0: I haven't seen that one in a long time, uh, but I remember enjoying it. And I do love Delta Burke, she's hilarious.
1: So yeah, I she really is. A fun pick
2: yeah um i mean come on designing women like that was the best show ever i went back and forth
0: i have one sort of dramatic pick and one fun pick dramatic pick is love comes softly the first one it's very romantic and i it's kind of what introduced me to hallmark i i love the whole series and i i think that uh you know the idea that they have to get married and they don't really uh, you know, out of necessity, and then their relationship starts to grow and develop. And I love the faith themes in it. And uh, and I like Dale Midkiff, unlike Amber. <laughs> and uh, Katherine Heigl is fine in it. Uh, she can be kind of annoying in other things, but she's good in this, I think. And and her relationship with the little girl is super cute. And I just, I just really like it. So that's my dramatic one. But my fun one is how to fall in love. uh, It's one of my favorite Hallmark movies. Uh, Eric Mabius and Brooke D'Orsay. Brooke D'Orsay is like an angel. She's so great. (laughs) And and basically in this movie, uh, Eric Mabius is like a total nerd named Harold, and he can't get a date, and so he basically hires this. girl that he had a crush on in
2: high school to be his like dating coach you know yeah kind of can't buy me love-esque but not quite yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know I think I might even like it <laughs> I can't buy,
2: me love. <laughs> can't buy um, me love we'll talk about it later <laughs> not this podcast
0: <laughs> I love I love this movie I think it is so cute they have such great chemistry and I I like um Kathy N- N- Jimmy is in it uh as a side character, so she's really fun, and so yeah, those are probably, those are up there. My two favorite. I have other ones like The Nanny Express, but that one is more relationship based as opposed to romance based.
2: Say. i picks. So I was debating between like, what do I want to do, blah blah blah, and I was really tempted to just do Sarah Plain and Tall because it was like my first Hallmark movie and my first love. And I was tempted to do Loving Leah, because that's kind of what brought me back into Hallmark. But ultimately, I decided to go with Love in Paradise from 2016. Um, and it is just like a classic, you know, thing. There's this guy who's a actor who is in all these Western movies, but he's never, like, seen a horse, basically. Um, and he goes to this failing dude ranch, to try and drum up publicity for them. And of course he falls in love with the girl. And I mean, it is Luke Perry for Pete's sake. So how can you beat Luke Perry? You just can't. He's amazing. And um, Emmanuel vogier something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, I, I fully expected to not like it when I started, when I watched it for the first time. And then I, it was full of so much funny stuff it was amazing. So I don't know if you've seen it, but
1: you should Did you get a it. tear at the end?
2: Did I get a tear at the end?
0: Hmm.
2: You, you, no. You, not really a tear at the end kind <laughs> of. <movie watch. laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm kind of just like, joke, 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 happy ending. Like, that's. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a <laughs> plus for her. <laughs> I mean, no, I do. I mean, I do like, I like the nice ones. Like, the ones that, that are really them. sweet, but. I'm but more dude, of a jokes.
1: When the dude bant ranch with Luke Perry sign her up? He's no Dale Midkiff is what she's saying. There. He is no
2: <laughs> Dale Midkiff, but he is a Dylan.
1: He is a Dylan, that's true. For those that might remember, Google it. Google it.
0: All right. So the next uh, topic that we have is to pick one movie pre 1960s. This is, this is tough. Uh, but what'd you come up with, Greg?
1: This was a tough one for me, um, just because I'm not that familiar with it. But what I decided to go with, I, you know, sort of narrowed down those that I was very familiar with and, you know, would watch again. And for me, I ended up going with How to Marry a Millionaire. Oh, um, cute. Because it's why I moved to L.A. But <laughs> did not find a millionaire, so I had to start writing. But... Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? It is. It's, it's so, you know, it's got its brassy title. And of course we all think of Marilyn Monroe on the poster, even though she wasn't, you know, billed as the biggest star when the movie came out. Um, but, you know, she has that line about, you know, guys not wanting to date a girl with cla- with glasses uh, at the end of the day, it's really a sweet earnest story. And it's the kind of thing that we all love, you know, it's it certainly, you see speckles of it um, and so many other things that, you know, even just like sex in the city and all that stuff, just because these three girls were coming together, you know, they were, they knew what their agenda was and they set out to do it. And of course, again, that twisted path, um, and they end up, well, two end up with non-millionaires. As it happens, one is a millionaire. So that's good. But they didn't know. It's <laughs> a millionaire hiring yeah, um, But it's just, it's really sweet. And, you know, I think that while it's a very commercial package, um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the kind of movie that hooks me. Um, there is a really sweet message to it. And, and I like that. I like sweet messages. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a through line out of a lot of the stuff that we talk about during this podcast is that love happens in a very unlikely way. Uh, even in Hollywood movies, and you often end up with the person that you didn't think you would. And you know, we've we've all seen enough romantic movies that there's times that we could be like, ah, I know they're going to end up together. <laughs> but, uh, sometimes if I see something that's really obvious, I'll lean forward to the people I'm I'm uh, with at the movies, and I'll be like, this is never going to work out. <laughs> so but you know, they take you on the ride, and it does work out in a different kind of way, and um. So so this movie, to me, just has a lot of charm, and given how old it is, it still uh, holds up. So that's me, How to Marry a Millionaire.
0: Love it's it. It's really good, because it's actually, it seems like the kind of thing that's like, oh, that's going to be like a 1950s kind of uh, not-feminist kind of movie with a title like that. But it actually is kind of subversive, and like they're actually like kind of taking taking a modern approach in a way to like finding a partner and stuff like it's it's really good I, and it's also very funny so I agree
2: uh that and cool. I mean you really honestly can't beat the, the, the triple punch of Marilyn Monroe Lauren Bacall and uh Betty Grable is that who it is I can't very good
1: <laughs> and Betty Grable was actually who the, who the star was that's who they they were like that's who our big star is and so it's so interesting now with a little perspective to look back at 1953, <laughs> Amber, we're all big with our dates tonight, so, um, that was the release year. So
0: my uh, choice, um, I went with Pillow Talk uh, from oh, 1959 cool. with Rock Hudson and Doris Day and I love Doris Day. I've seen I think every single one of her movies. Even the not-so-good period when she, <laughs> when she had a manager, like, steal our her money, so she had to make horrible movies. I just love her. I think that she's so great. I think she's very underrated as an actress. Like, people think, oh, she's just the blonde, you know, girl, but she actually was, like, a good actress. And, and this movie is very, like, it has, like, lots of innuendo, and it's, like, super inappropriate. <laughs> but, like, it's so fun, and it's so funny. And uh, it's so stylish, and uh, I love, um, I think her name's Thelma Ritter, I think's her name, who's her, uh, like, drunk housekeeper. She's great. I love um, uh, Tony Randall. He's really funny in it. Uh, and Rock Hudson and Doris Day just had such amazing chemistry. They were so fun. He's, he, he's playing, when he's pretending to be Rex, you know, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the Texan. Uh, it's so funny, and I love the ending. It's hilarious when he goes and just grabs her and, and, and <laughs> makes her, takes her. That's so funny, and so yeah, that's what I pick is Pillow Talk.
2: I, I can't disagree. It's
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: That's so good. I I don't feel like Tony Randall gets enough love nowadays, but Tony Randall is. Amazing. How about you,
0: Amber. What's your pick?
2: Me. Okay. This should not surprise you, based on what I said. But before I tell you what my choice is, um, it was really hard for me because I, I love old movies. Like I have been ra- like I probably have seen more black and white movies than I have seen color movies. Um, so uh, it was really tough, and I was really tempted to just go with. My favorite movie of all time, which is The Philadelphia Story, but I feel like it's more of an ensemble piece than a romance, so it got eliminated. And then I was super tempted to go with Casablanca, but that felt too cliche, so I didn't do it.
0: Philadelphia Story is playing in theaters at Fathom event
2: next week. Oh, I know. People should go. So, yeah, so go see, go see The Philadelphia Story if you've never seen it. It's amazing. The dialogue is incredible. Um, But, so I ended up choosing Bringing Up Baby from 1938, starring Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. And it's so good. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's amazing. And you haven't or have? I have,
1: yeah.
2: Okay, it's so great. And then of course, I mean, it was one of the inspirations for What's Up Doc, which is another amazing movie. And it is just so clever and funny. I mean, and you can still see some of the, like, the jokes building. But I think the anticipation of knowing what's going to happen almost makes the, like, gotcha moments even better. So mm-hmm. I, I just love that movie. I think it's so clever. And, I mean, can you beat Katherine Hepburn? I frankly oh. say no. <laughs>
0: it's, like, an unusual part for her. Because, like, she's kind of just so silly. And I don't feel like she did that many... Uh, or Not really silly, but she's just such a mess. She's such a clust and everything. And I just I feel like she didn't really do that that often. A lot of times she was sort of the like in the Spencer Tracy and her movies. You know, she's
2: yeah,
0: she's not really a character.
1: Her characters were always in control. But you're right in this yes. one, she cut you know. And what's interesting about all the movies that we've mentioned and in this era, as a writer, I'll say... The writing is just stellar, and I think about writers back then that did not have computers. So, you know, if you're going to rewrite something, you were going to rewrite it. You know, it wasn't just <laughs> making, uh, a page of dialogue, and the, I, the word that comes to mind in all these Choices of ours is Cracker Jack. You know, the dialogue is just so quick and, yeah. and yeah. so smart. And to be able to watch something that was created pre-1960 and have it hold up now, and even see actors that maybe did something a little different than they, we were used to, like Katherine Hepburn. Um, it's just, really so I love that you guys chose this category because I think it's, you know, so often these days we're like, what am I going to watch? And, you know, you choose something that came out in the previous year. And while there's great stuff to choose from, sometimes going a little further back and uh, being willing to watch a black and white movie, (laughs) you're just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, and they really hold up. They really hold up. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. There's so
0: many amazing, amazing movies for sure. Um, So, okay, so the next topic was like impossible. It was so (laughs) hard. I don't know what we were thinking. but We have 1960 to 1990.
1: It was very difficult so what did you come up with Greg? Well this is where I kind of went back and forth on two and they were both uh ironically both Goldie Hawn movies mm. and uh one was Foul Play with Chevy Chase from so 1978 good. and the other uh is Overboard uh from 1987. Soon we will have to say the original Overboard. <laughs> I don't think re- we're
2: gonna really need to clarify <laughs> <laughs>
1: didn't hear that from me. Um, So I'm gonna go with Overboard, but I think that both movies kind of take these really outrageous premises, um, especially foul play, both of them do actually, but there's so much heart in each of them and so focusing in on Overboard Um, it's, you know, again, it's such a fun setup. And, you know, you talk about supporting characters. You might think we're talking about an older movie because you think of like Roddy McDowell in Overboard, who was just great, you know, who was her, um, butler on Mm -hmm. the boat. Andrew! Yeah, that's right. There she is now. Um, uh, and just, you know, but but with the kids and just the whole thing and you're watching this person get a come up and this is certainly one of those movies. I mean, they were dating at the time, right? So we're like, we know they're going to end up together. But by the last half hour of the film, you're just like, oh my gosh, they have to, you know? And I guess Amber wouldn't cry, but I might get a tear. Um, you know, and when she's going to unite with, you know, it's as much a love story for the kids as it is for... Yeah. Kurt Russell's character and um I just feel like that movie holds up and just hits on just so many levels and um you know somebody who is still with us and alive is Goldie Hawn and you just look at the work that she was doing back then it's just amazing so for me overboard
2: um excellent pick incredible movie I remember the Oscars a few years ago, they were telling, they're having people say their favorite movies and Reese Witherspoon said Overboard and I was like, that's it, Reese Witherspoon, we're best friends. So, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is such a great movie. Um like almost every line in that movie is so, so well crafted. I mean, I, don't, I can't really think of anything where I'm like, oh, that was a dud. Everything's so great. And the funniest thing about Overboard is that when it came out, the critics hated it. Nobody went to see it. It was a huge flop. And now it's regarded as like one of the classic romantic comedy movies of all time. So it's just so, it's so funny how time changes perspective, but, um, (laughs)
0: They're often tough on romances. I don't know what their problem is.
1: (laughs) I think all because they were dating at the time and were, you know, very much a public couple. That I don't know, maybe that did it, but you're right. If you mention Overboard, everyone in the room will say, Oh my god, I love that movie. <laughs> and if they don't, you should leave that room. <laughs> if
2: you don't get the Overboard DVD out of your purse and say, Gay, I know what we're doing.
1: That's right, I dare you to watch this and not love it. Yeah. I have not seen Foul Play, though. I've,
2: I haven't seen that. You one. Oh,
1: haven't? No. So I have to check that out.
2: Kojak, yeah. bang, bang. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. That's a, that's a really, I, and again, supporting characters, Dudley Moore in a smaller yeah. role in that movie, but just so funny. You got to watch it, Rachel. Please let me know what you think. Okay.
0: I will. I promise. Um, okay. So, okay. This was, I, I'm not exact. I could have probably made a list of 200 movies that I love. <laughs> <for this before. laughs> not No exaggeration. Um, but I had to go with, I had to go with Dirty Dancing as my pick. Uh, I think this <laughs> is 1987 and, uh, this movie is just so great. It's, it's like part coming of age story and part, you know, romantic movie Um, But you really get to see baby come into her own and you know, it's kind of interesting because Here you have I you know, I'm I'm a very conservative person in my political views And so the idea of me loving a movie with a character that has an abortion is kind of an interesting thing and but it's done in such a um, non um, preachy way and it's done in a way that it's like, this is just the choice this person has made and I can understand that choice and I can understand how it works into the story. And so it, it's it's just like, I don't have to approve of all of the choices the characters in the movies I like make. I just have to have them be valid for those characters that they're, that they're in. And uh, so it's just, it's really interesting to me in that way. Um, of course, the dancing and the music is so great. All the great scenes that we all love. Uh, I love Jerry Orbach as her dad. He hardly says anything, and I just love that. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, you know, I I love that that it's just you see her just sort of bloom through the course of the movie, and I think that's my favorite part. And I think Jennifer Grey does such a good job of, you know, portraying that in her character. And a lot of times I don't like coming-of-age movies because they can be kind of I think a little bit mean spirited sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and like I was a grumpy teen, but I wasn't mean. Like I, I wasn't cruel to the people around me. And uh anyway, and so, but this, like, she's definitely rebellious and she's definitely pushing limits and stuff, but she's still like a sweet person and a lovely person. And her and Johnny, Patrick Swayze, oh my gosh, the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and such chemistry. So uh yeah that's um and i love all the songs she's like the wind and time of my life and
1: anyway and all the
2: classic 60s music yeah (laughs) Yeah. great
1: great soundtrack yeah you know it's funny um that is a great movie and that to me is one of those movies that people think they remember and they really don't you Mm -hmm. know you bring up some of the heavier plot points and you're right maybe you didn't agree with some of the choices the character made but they also showed you perspective on another person,
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: you know, perspective on that as well. But that movie was very three-dimensional. You know, people remember the dancing. They remember nobody puts baby in the corner. But if you watch it again, there's really some heavy themes there. And that mm-hmm. they can do that um, with music, with dancing, and with just that you're, you know, in the last five minutes of that movie, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm a dancer, too. I feel it. Uh, <laughs> You know, is, is again just hitting on all cylinders. But that is a movie again that people think they remember, but they really don't because it it's a quality film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They they like they, they draw you in with Patrick Swayze and the kid dancing and everything and then they're like, Boom, we're gonna teach you something along the way too. So yeah. I, I just love it.
2: Yeah. So this movie was my favorite movie when I was in preschool and has stayed one of my favorite movies growing up. I honestly have probably seen this movie over 500 times because you know when you're a little kid you just like watch a movie on repeat and repeat uh, and that was this movie for me and Greece and so I mean what was my mom thinking first of all well,
0: I had a different experience than you because my parents are not media people at all they don't watch TV they don't watch movies at all and there's no way my mother would have let me watch a movie called dirty dancing I <laughs> And so uh, this was a sneak movie. This was a movie I watched at sleepovers with my girlfriends that we weren't supposed to watch, but we sneaked it and watched it anyway and loved it. And uh, so that's part of the reason why I have a special affection for it uh, also because it's just so many memories too. This, there's a whole bunch of movies that are like, like, girls just want to have fun and, uh, and the cutting edge. And I have like a whole bunch of movies that are like, sleepover movies that I usually snuck that my mom probably wouldn't have. 90210 was also a show I would totally sneak watch. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch. <clears throat> so,
1: wow, we're, we're, we're learning about Rachel's rebellious side in tonight's <laughs> podcast.
0: God, <laughs> no, sneaky 90210 is out of control.
2: Like everyone else, this was really hard for me. So I'm just gonna go through some of the didn't make the list ones because I was trying to be Super clever with my list and pick stuff that you guys wouldn't think. And initially I went super obscure with this movie called Don't Tell Her It's Me. Or sometimes it's called The Boyfriend School. And it has Steve Gutenberg and Shelley Long. And it is so funny and so a little bit naughty. And <laughs> it's so funny. But I didn't pick it because I felt like I was maybe the only person who's seen this movie other than my sister. So I can't choose it. And then I wanted to pick something, like, whimsical, so I was thinking Willow or The Princess Bride, or even Romancing the Stone, because that was such a good adventure. Is there romance in Willow? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sorsha and Mad Mardigan, um. like, I dwell in darkness without you, and it went away. That That's romance right there. So I don't even remember that. That's funny. Um, And then I was like how about a movie that is my life, which is some kind of wonderful. And then I said, best John Hughes movie. And then I was worried Rachel would pick it. So I ended up choosing a movie that was so important to me as a child. Um, So I chose somewhere in time from 1980, which I'm pretty sure Christopher Reeve impacted me tremendously where I don't know if I can love anyone who isn't Christopher Reeve.
0: (laughs) It's a good one. It really is. I like that one a lot. It's a good pick.
1: And great soundtrack too. I actually, I'm a big soundtrack person. So Somewhere in Time is one of my favorite instrumental Mm. soundtracks.
2: Yeah. Everything about that movie is so, it's so amazing. And also it has time travel, which come on, that's amazing. So Didn't see more yeah, if I don't know if there's anyone on earth who hasn't seen it, but go see it
1: <laughs> That's a good one. I go to a restaurant here in l a It's been around since nineteen forty seven called the Valley Inn, and they have the portrait of her from that movie signed in the lobby oh that's cool from somewhere in time remember the the, the yeah. painting of her character
2: yeah <laughs> do you um, remember
1: that amber
2: I do um, <laughs> my family actually, when I was like. Six or five went on a vacation to Michigan and we went to Mackinac Island went to the hotel we ran down the stairs and screamed Richard it was amazing so oh um it's uh it's amaz- it's the best movie right?
0: I'm so jealous I couldn't even get my parents to watch that movie if I paid them like they would have some kind that at all You're going to like my hotel. So jealous. Since Amber mentioned all these other picks, I will say (laughs) I wanted to pick Breakfast of Tiffany so bad because it is a movie that is very special to me uh, that I I actually have the whole final scene in the taxi cab. I have it basically memorized. I think it's perfect. I love the writing and the idea of it's kind of my version of Catcher in the Rye because I never really like responded that much to catch her in the rye but the whole idea in brexit tiffany's of like is she a phony or is she a real phony and of course that's a big thing catch her in the rise phonies and and um and so i don't know the idea of like uh these two sort of lost souls coming together and i love moon river and i just i just love the movie so much so i had moonstruck is another movie that i love and <laughs> and great the- one that Nicolas Cage can't act. He can totally act, and he's so great in that. And I, I just love when a uh, when when they're they're fighting back and forth, and she's like, "You're a wolf without a foot," you know. Like, <laughs> this so
2: topic that we have is uh,
0: 1990 to present feature films, and of course, another challenging
1: one, very challenging. Uh, Greg, what did you come up with? This was not challenging for me because Ooh. this is my romantic movie. I mean, there's there's a ton of movies I could choose for sure. Um, but for me, it's While You Were Sleeping with Sandra oh. Bullock. Oh. Um, to me, as a writer, I feel like this movie is so pitch perfect. Um, you know, she's adorable, of course. And it's, you know, again, it's got that thing where she's sure this is the guy who she loves and, you know, inadvertently ends up as part of her as part of his family and then is really falling in love with the family. And I, mm-hmm. I just love when, when these romances extend to that element, not unlike overboard. Then the other thing that I really, really love about um, while you were sleeping, which by the way, it still completely holds up, but as a writer, I always try and keep this in mind, no matter what I'm writing at, there are some quirky characters in that movie, like her landlord's son, you know, who wants mm-hmm. to try on, Clothes and stuff. And they're kind of irritating at the beginning of the movie. By the end of the movie, the way it's written, you like every character in that movie. And to me, that's the ultimate feel good that you watch this great romantic story and they come together and it all works out, but that you care about all of the characters and the family and the quirks. And it's just, I mean, talk about feel good. So for me, hands down, while you were sleeping.
2: Absolutely. I
0: love while you were
1: sleeping. So um,
2: yeah, it's amazing. First of all, I just have to say, best scene in the movie though is when the kid falls over on the bike because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah. um, every scene where the whole family's together oh. is just amazing because they just have their dialogue. Where they, especially where they're talking over each other, oh. every oh. single line is so funny. But you have to pay such close attention to see, like, the follow-through line. So, like, you could be watching it for, like, the 80th time and then you finally catch a line and understand why it's so funny. Yeah. It's a, like, it's a very well-crafted, very, it's a, it's, it's a really, it's, a, yeah. it's an amazing movie. That
0: dinner, yeah, the, particularly the dinner scene is so good when, uh, and, and I, everybody knows I really don't like the liar reveal, so the fact that movie wins me over and it, is, it says, saying something, but it's understandable because the best. And, uh, but yeah, that dinner scene is so funny. I'm just like, she's like, Mary mashed them. And like, so-and-so is tall and, and, uh, Spaniards make great beef or whatever. Argentina oh, has know. great yeah. beef, yeah. beef and Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I did have some honorable mentions that I will say real quick. I love Juno so much. I, I think it's, it's, I love Debra Cotley's writing and I love all the performances and I just love it. Um, I loved, in 2016, a movie called Sing Street. I thought it was amazing. Great songs. Mm-hmm. Great romance. So good. I love Sense of Sensibility. I'm a huge Jane Austen fan. Uh, and I love The Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. I mean, I like both Pride and Prejudice's, actually. Um, for the, my favorite romantic comedy from this period is You've Got Mail. And I love You've Got Mail. I love Shop Around the Corner also. Um, but there's some like chocolate in the corner goes to some dark places like suicide (laughs) it's sort of weird but I love it Um, but I love you've got mail I love Nora Ephron like even her bad movies I can still watch and still like love in that I can still enjoy and uh, I love her books of essays I just love her writing so much and and I think
1: that she's gone
0: yeah i really we've not had like some people try to pretend that nancy myers is Nora Ephron and she is not and i just love her writing so much i love all the little sort of diatribes that she does about starbucks and about uh <laughs> like sending bouquets of newly sharpened pencils and the godfather and just all of that i love and i i think what's so great about this movie is that it's really actually a movie about work and I love movies about work, <laughs> but it's a movie about how people identify themselves with their jobs so often, so frequently, but it's not really who you are. And you have these two people who are so identified with their jobs, especially Kathleen, and you, they, but they don't really become themselves until they communicate with this person that doesn't even know what they do for their job. And that becomes their like true self. And I love the fact that they had the guts to actually have her store close, and she has to deal with it and deal with the change, and deal with like losing her mother basically all over again. I love the scene when he comes in with the daisies and she's sick. It was so good. I love like when she's taking down the tree and she's talking about, uh, Joni Mitchell songs, which I love and and uh, I love Rick Kinnear. He's so funny in it. When he's doing that interview with the Republican lady, it's hilarious. Thank you, Rachel. Thank what? you. What's that? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> so good. When he's like, uh, you need quiet while the hot dog is singing. I love the fact that Gene <laughs> Stapleton is, uh, has an affair with, uh, our, yeah, with, uh, with the uh, – um, with General Russell Franco that's hilarious I I just I love Dave Chappelle in it he's so funny as is like this Joe's friend I just love it I think it is so well written I think it has heart I buy the ending because of all of the growth that she's had to experience from the time she loses the store to the time because he's been tw- tweaking something and uh uh yeah, I love all the hints to New York with Grace Papaya and Riverside Park. And I, I just love it. It's, a movie I, it's probably the movie I've seen the most of my life. Mm. So anyway, so that's my pick.
1: It's a great one. Great one. So. I, I don't
2: really even know what to say because you said everything. But yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is I watched that movie recently, not for the first time. Um, big Nora Ephron fan here. And it's surprisingly topical, even though, you know, they have the sound when you're signing on to AOL and, you know, some of those (laughs) texts that have passed. But, you know, the whole businesses replacing other businesses and being an adult and having to suddenly redefine yourself, you know, which we see a lot nowadays, right, as Mm -hmm. technology goes faster and faster. So I found that the, you know, the subtext of the movie was very, very topical, along with all the other things that we love about it, of course. A great pick.
2: Quickly go through some didn't make the list ones. So I was really tempted to do just like a super sweet movie called Flipped, which is based on a book that I absolutely adore. And it's about basically about a first love. And it goes through the perspective of the like 12 year old boy and this 12 year old girl. And it switches between her perspective and his perspective. Um, And it's, the book is really cleverly written and the movie is quite well done and it's just so sweet and it just really captures that whole feeling of like loving a boy since you were five and then being 12 and being like, do I really like this boy or do I just like the idea of this boy? So it's really, it's really great. Um, And then I, I love my whimsy. So I was really tempted to do stardust, Mm -hmm. even though I don't think a lot of people love that movie, but I really love that movie. Um, But ultimately I decided, you know, I gotta go a little more mainstream, and I was really tempted to go with a sort of snarky pick by choosing The Duff or She's the Man, because I I was certain neither of you would pick them, But (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately, I went with, I was worried that this movie would get overlooked, and I think it's one, I think it is Meg Ryan's best movie, so... Uh-oh. Watch out, you've got mail. Um and I chose 1994's IQ with oh, I Tim Robbins it. and Walter Matthau.
0: I'm totally comfortable with you picking that because I think it is super underrated.
2: Super underrated. Yes. And yeah. the and you know once again the dialogue, the writing in it is so clever. Um e- every character is so well defined and given chance to chances to shine so it's uh it's uh it's my pick I don't even know what to say other than it's amazing
1: that's a great one I love all those uh,
0: men and you know the <laughs> Einstein and his friend oh so great I wish we could have had an old movie just with them and that reminds me I also love the movie Return to Me which has yeah. sort of a similar dynamic of old men uh talking and stuff and I love that movie as well so There's so many good ones. So the next one we added kind of late in the game, but we just thought it would be fun to talk about our favorite romantic musical. So, Greg, what did you come up
1: with? Well, I will quickly reveal that I had a childhood crush on Olivia Newton-John. So (laughs) I wanted to go to Greece or Xanadu. Uh, which there is a love story in that as well. And you know we all we all know Greece and a lot of us know Xanadu too. That's another than one that was panned when it came out, but has yeah. since become a, a cult favorite. Uh, you know, Greece, I remember just as a boy watching them sing. And it was also my first musical that I really, you know, conceived of. And I I remember laughing through summer nights. I thought it was so silly and how could they be singing. And then by the end of the movie, I was probably dancing and singing in the theater too. (laughs) Um, So those two for sure. But I'm going to go with a little more random musical, Enchanted from 19 or from 2007, excuse me. Love. Uh, Adams. And uh, another one that just takes all these romantic comedy and, of course, even animation tropes and kind of turns them on their ear. And it does such a great job of uh, having fun. I won't say making fun, but having fun with with the genres, but never, you know, never making fun of them. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't get too silly and at again at the end of the movie we're caught up in the romance and we're rooting for the hero and we want uh this to end well and uh, i think the songs you know while there there aren't a lot of songs in it maybe what three or four uh i think they're so well done um so i decided that would be my best romantic musical enchanted
2: love Um, it great pick
1: Yeah, uh,
0: that one I have on my wild uh, wild card honorable mentions. I love it. It's one of the only Disney movies where you see a Disney princess actually, like, do some mothering and being, like, uh, you know, and helping this, you know, little girl. Like, most of them are just these, you know, rebellious teenagers. And uh, so I really love... Uh, Giselle in that movie. And Amy Adams is just, she just sells it so good.
1: Yeah, she really does. She yeah. she embodies it wholly. And I mean, her, come on, getting those rats to clean the toilet. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing more romantic than that. Than rats.
0: <laughs> yeah. And James Marsden is so funny in it, too.
1: Yeah. Everyone's great, you know, and, and you're right. The little girl aspect of it is beautiful, and we've talked about that in a couple films tonight, mm-hmm. with the family aspect that love extends beyond, yeah. you know, Mr is right it also goes to because you do you know you are marrying into the family right and so Mm -hmm. when movies kind of approach that in a really fun and unique and even tender way sometimes kind of special
0: cool well it's perfect that you chose that because that has ellen minkin songs and so does my pick for best (laughs) musical i decided to go with beauty and the beast and Mm. not 2017 beauty and the beast (laughs) 1991 Beauty and the Beast, because my other love outside of Hallmark movies is Disney and animation. I love, I see every animated film every year, and I love animation and I love Disney. And I have to admit, the the new film kind of exposed some of the flaws of the original film, which I resent about the new film, but I still just love it so much. And I love Little Mermaid as my my favorite with kind of nostalgia thrown in, but it's not as romantic, I wouldn't say, as um, as Beauty and the Beast. And I just love the idea that you have this character who learns to see the beauty of this beast, you know, and and
2: <laughs> <laughs> to see- So it's not just a clever title. Yeah,
1: exactly. No. I, I always say the title is the log line. Yeah. <laughs> and she learns to forgive
0: and she learns to love and i love all the vocal performances and i love all the animation amazing the ballroom scene is amazing lighting and just just it was just such a beautiful movie and i love angela lansbury singing beauty and the beast so great i love be our guest and jerry orbach again maybe it's just a theme for me these picks but um you're all in on
2: Orbach. Yeah. Lumiere, yeah.
0: He's wow. So great. We have and... really
1: hit on
2: something here. <laughs> yeah. Family in Orbach, that's all you need.
1: Pretty much. All you need. And maybe uh, a maybe a candle that talks. Yes. <laughs> it's very it's a very romantic movie. I remember seeing it. I love that that beauty or that Belle had her little, you know, wisp of hair that she had to, you know, and that was something we'd never seen in an animated movie. But one thing that really when I first saw it the first time, I was like, it's going to be so special. Is the uh, stained glass motif at the mm. beginning? And just how they put such heart and power into just that initial scene. You could really tell that it was going to be special. And boy, did it pay off. You yeah. so know, that's a great choice. I love it.
2: What is your pick? Okay. So I went with quantity of romance over necessarily not even necessarily quality because it's amazing um i went with quantity of romance however so i chose 1954's seven brides for seven brothers wow because <laughs> i mean there are literally seven marriages in that movie yeah. <laughs> true <laughs> and at least six love triangles so you guys how can you beat that that's yeah. like that's amazing but that's a great- really though, All of the songs are so fun. Like, the lyrics in the songs are really funny, especially sobbing women, obviously. And then, um, it's just so, I mean, obviously, I don't condone kidnapping women. We just went through that. But, But, I don't know. It's so fun. And, honestly, I feel like the dance scene at the barn raising is one of, if not the best dance scene in ever.
0: Yeah. Well, see, this is what's so smart about that movie is they actually hired professional dancers. Except for Ben
2: them. who can't dance and <laughs> struggles to keep beat in the background and you need to watch it.
0: Yeah.
2: You need um, to pay attention to Benjamin next time you watch because he is honestly like. Is he? I know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they were willing to dub and they were willing, but they, cause the priority was the dancing, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah. It's so good bonding with each other and finding strength in each other and even finding that it's okay to maybe not have a romance right at this second in each other and so even um with the silliness and the zaniness and some of the raunchiness of this movie i felt like there was a really um powerful friendship love story between the three women so that is my wild card the other woman
2: Interesting. You're you're such a writer with your symmetry and the starting from how to marry a millionaire with three strong ladies and ending with this and three strong ladies. Look at you. I'm a real Love class it. Act, Amber. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Okay, so... wait, I want to talk about this still. Don't, don't, don't don't sell this movie short. Um, so we (laughs) love this movie in my family. It's one of my dad's, like, favorite movies, um, which is so funny, because he does not like raunchy things at all, and there's, like, a little bit of raunch, but not so much, but let's
1: go. A a little bit.
2: bit, yeah. Um, but he loves this movie, and I really love this movie because, like you said, it's about these ladies you know, coming together and working together, and um, when, when initially it came out, I was like, so this is John Tucker Must Die for Adults, but it's, uh, it's done way better, and I, it's, it's so good, and I'm actually super glad that you picked it. I wouldn't have thought of it, but it is an amazing choice, so way to go, Greg. Thanks, <laughs> Amber.
0: Cool. Uh, so I, I have went through, I, I'll give some of my honorable mentions. I love, uh, I love Tangled. I love Enchanted, which you mentioned. Uh, I love a little animated movie, indie animated movie called The Red Turtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just a beautiful romance. Uh, I love why You Were Sleeping. I have my list. Uh, the Princess Bride, uh, 500 Days of Summer. I have Rocky on my list. So that's actually a beautiful romance. And I have uh, Empire Strikes Back and my wild card. its I think it's actually good. I was trying to think, like, I think there, there's some good movies that, like, are – More uh, couple-friendly, like if you have a a man in your life who
2: isn't super into romances, like or a lady in your life who isn't super into romances. Fair
0: enough, fair enough. (laughs) But like something like Rocky or a dog, (laughs) or Rocky or Empire Strikes Back are kind of like secret romances. I did a blog the uh, last year on secret romances. They're like you don't think of them as romances, but they actually are. Like The Dark Knight, it's like the secret has like a romantic plot to it. (laughs) <laughs> if you think about it anyway yeah so anyways but my pick is a movie that i have been raving about for the last two years something that i love and i'm again animation is my is my favorite and uh, this is an anime film uh, that came out uh, came into theaters last year but it was officially a 2016 film it was my favorite movie of 2016 and it's still the best movie that i've seen in two years Uh, And I see a lot of movies. Uh, It's called Your Name, and it's uh, by the uh, director Makoto Shinkai, animator. Um, It's such a layered, beautiful story. It starts out as uh, these two teenagers who one lives in the country, uh, Chihiro, and one lives in the city. And one day they wake up and they have body swapped. They don't have any idea who the other person is. So they have to try to kind of figure it out and put all the pieces together. And it's, and you have, a, you know, one person else is a girl in a guy's body and you have a, a, a guy in a girl's body. And so there's some funny physical humor with that, but it starts out just very light like that. And you get kind of introduced into some of these parts of Japanese culture, some of these traditions and some of these things. And then it becomes, it takes a turn and it becomes, a, there's sort of a, it's hard to explain without giving it away, but there, uh, because it's something that happens that separates them and the male character just like feels such a yearning to find, to find a hero and to, to go after her. And he doesn't know that's her name, hence the trying to find your name is the title anyway. Um, and, uh, he, he, but he just feels this like yearning. And so he, uh, he starts on this sort of quest to try to find, uh, to find her. And it's just, I just think it's so beautiful. I think it is, it's funny, it's moving, it's exciting, it's romantic. It's got everything you want in a movie. The music is so great. I love it. It's by this band called Radwimps, And it's so great. And the animation is just stunning. Beautiful. There's all these comets and it's really pretty. And uh, I just... It's spectacular.
1: I have to check that out. I haven't seen it, but um, what a great recommendation. Quick side note Tangled, the best. (laughs) Anytime anyone mentions Frozen to me, I'm like, what about Tangled? Go watch (laughs) Tangled. I I love both, but yes, I do love Tangled. Yeah, I thought Tangled was so great. But yeah, what a what a great pick, Rachel. I love that. I can't wait to, to check it out. Ooh, let me know what you think. Have you seen that? Amber? me
2: i have not and i mean i basically am a terrible friend because i'm pretty sure rachel is just constantly like everyone should see your name and i'm like mm, i don't think i'm everyone right <laughs> 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 but i guess i'll have to now that it's officially on the podcast right. as rachel loves other otherwise otherwise everyone will judge me so i gotta watch well,
0: it i wanted to pick a unique pick that only i would pick and so yeah that's what i did great one
1: great wild card
2: I'm just going to tell you a quick story before I give you my pick, which is when I graduated from high school and I never had a boyfriend uh, on Valentine's day, I said, Valentine's day is going to be the best. So I started a tradition of watching as many versions of pride and prejudice as I could on Valentine's day and eating Chinese food. And it's the best tradition ever still going strong. And I figured even if I somehow get a boyfriend or a husband I can make them watch Pride and Prejudice and eat Chinese food. That's very Valentine's-y, regardless of if I'm single or not. So I couldn't decide between a version of Pride and Prejudice, so I totally cheated and picked Northanger Abbey. (laughs) But the PBS version from 2007 starring Felicity Jones and um, J.J. Field, and this is actually my favorite Jane Austen book. And I have been waiting, basically, my whole life for a good adaptation of it. And they finally made one in 2007. Um, It's really fun. It's probably the silliest, I'd say, of all of Jane Austen's books. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, the girl in it is quite silly. She's, I'd say, the silliest of all of Jane's heroines. I mean, even Emma. She's sillier than Emma. But um, it's definitely overlooked in the... Jane Austen catalog. And so I, it's my, it's my pick for a wild card. Cause I was pretty sure no one else was going to pick it.
0: <laughs> Which Pride and Prejudice do you like
2: best? Of all See that's, it's too tough. Uh-huh. And like, okay. and you, you know, you add in like Bride and Prejudice, the Bollywood one, yeah. and yeah. it gets really complicated really fast. I have like 15 versions of Pride and Prejudice on DVD. So wow.
0: I am with you on loving Jane Austen anything Jane Austen I love and yeah the Northanger Abbey is really cute and it is they should do a feature film uh, because I think that was a PBS one right
2: yeah it's a PBS version
0: they really should do a feature film of Northanger Abbey I think it would be really fun I could totally see it doing well
1: I'll get right on (laughs) that
0: so that's a fun pick
1: I'm going to call it a Heavenly Abbey (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Girl. Full circle, girls. Full circle. Full
0: circle. <laughs> oh, all right. Wow, we did it.
1: Look we at did us have go. Fun. Some good wild cards, too. I feel like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I've been taking a few notes, by the way, with a pink pen on my pink shirt on Valentine's. Day.
2: Amazing. Uh,
1: but I've been taking some notes on movies that I either haven't seen or I'm like, oh, I need to watch that again. So, my gosh, how fun. <laughs>
2: So, your Valentine's Day is set, you are... <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I never have a problem with romance, with musicals, with, you know, again, it's just, I I love to feel good, and when you find movies that you can watch more than once, and, you know, a couple that we've mentioned uh, during this podcast, that you pick up new things each time you watch it, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, what an amazing thing to, to happen. I, I, it's great. It's It's why we love, why we love cinema, right?
2: yeah and I can tell you I'm gonna go watch Overboard as soon as we're done with this podcast so. I'll, I'll play I,
1: I'm gonna watch that for sure I, I,
0: I think the people in your in your house Greg are gonna be like why did he go on that podcast was watching all these movies no
1: no 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 my, my reputation has been shot in this house long before now. I did it myself
0: I love it Oh well this is so fun and thanks thank you so much for joining us this we really had a great time Hopefully we'll, get, we'll do it again again. It was really fun.
1: I have to tell you it really was my honor again I I love Hallmark. The the fans are fantastic. I love what you guys do. I love what Ruth Hill does. I mean it's just it's, it's such a beautiful um community that is so accepting and and especially right now on on social media to find a place where where we're all okay and not bullied, and you know, it, it it doesn't matter what we're bringing to the party. There's just that great feeling. And which, PS, is why we like romantic films as well, right? So yeah. it, it really, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Thank you.
2: Yeah, well, we, I love you now. Like we're the <laughs> best friends. Sorry, Rachel, <laughs> that you're not my best friend anymore. Greg's my best friend. <laughs> he hasn't bullied me into watching an animated movie on the I know,
1: well, we better be <laughs> Or we might switch bodies, even though I know your name
2: oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. That'd be uh, all right,, uh, so make sure you guys, we have been like on a podcasting like, I don't even know, Bonanza or something. Yeah, like-
2: call us homework Channel because we're releasing so much content. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Yeah, so we we just had these opportunities come up and you just take advantage. And so we had the opportunity to interview Jen Lilly, and that posted. And so definitely check that out. It was so fun. And we had the interview, uh, and we had the opportunity to interview Marcus Rosner, and that was really fun. He was a delight. And we finally did our podcast on Postables,
1: so check that out. This weekend we have Wedding March. <laughs> coming to Hallmark Channel and we could not be more excited. In fact, Rachel and Amber are so giddy they can't even speak. Yes. Back to, back to you, June. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> there comes, there this has been a great Thanksgiving Day parade.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and then on Sunday, Hardy's are going to be so excited because When Calls the Heart is back and this is just very exciting. And then also there is the new reality show meet the Pete's that will premiere on uh on Sunday so lots going on with Hallmark this weekend and we are going to have some kind of coverage of when calls out we're still sort of working things out a little bit but we'll have something and then next week we have finally our coverage on countdown to valentine's day and that's gonna be super fun too so lots of fun stuff coming up lots of great content out there so thanks so much and uh so great where can people find you Uh, They
1: can find me on Twitter, Twitter at Greg McBride, G-R-E-G-G-M-C-B-R-I-D-E. Also on Instagram. Um, I do have the cutest dog on the planet named Latte, hashtag Latte the puppy. That's the only reason people interact with me on social media. It's all because of my dog. Uh, But I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. But yeah, that's where people can find me. And um, again, just thanks to the fans and, and thanks to Hallmark and thanks to you guys.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> my so new Amber, best friend,
1: Amber.
2: Yes, my new best friend, Greg. Not Gregory, just Greg.
1: No, that's Do not you. your name. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Amber, where can people find you? Um, as always, people can find me. I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter and that's it.
0: All right. And you can find me at uh, Smelly LDS all the guest girl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. Including several videos about <laughs> about your name, if you're <laughs> if you're interested, on my channel. But uh, I will be reviewing Black Panther sometime this weekend, so I want to check that out. And uh, yeah, you can follow us on social media here at Hallmarkies Podcast on uh, Instagram and Twitter and uh, iTunes and everywhere. So please do that. We try to post every single day on Instagram, and so. Make sure you're following us. And uh, thanks so much again, Greg.
2: And uh, we will see you guys all next week. All right. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye.